0: Welcome to the Wayfinding Podcast, the show that helps you move from surviving to thriving at work and in life. I'm your host and coach, Lauren Malik. In today's episode, I'm going to chat about what job crafting is, how to do it, and I'm also going to share some stories that illustrate what it looks like in real life. Job crafting is something I love to work on with my clients, and it's something I did in my own career before I even knew it had a name. When my daughter was born in 2013, I knew I had to shift some of my work responsibilities. I wondered if I could make my work and life more sustainable if I worked from home one day a week. I know it's laughable now that in 2020 we've been home for seven months working from home. The idea that that was ever something risky to ask for seems truly unbelievable. But seven years ago, it was. I stuck my neck out. I made the business case that I would still meet my numbers, meet all my obligations and my sales targets, but just do the work from home on Fridays. It was a bit risky, it hadn't been done before. And I was very lucky that my boss said yes. I didn't know it at the time, but that was a form of job crafting. The term job crafting was coined in a research paper released in 2008 by Amy Resniewski, a professor of organizational behavior at Yale School of Management, Jane Dutton, The co-founder of the Center for Positive Organizational Scholarship at Michigan's Ross School of Business, and Robert Kahn, a research consultant. They define job crafting as, quote, what employees do to redesign their own jobs from the bottom up in a way that fosters engagement at work, job satisfaction, resilience, and thriving. Quote. The researchers found that there are three techniques through which people craft their jobs. In my practice, I find clients use one or all three of these techniques when proactively trying to shape their experience at work. So here are the three ways that people can craft their jobs as uncovered by the researchers. People craft their jobs through task, relational, and cognitive crafting. What the heck are those? I'm going to explain each one, and I'm also going to share examples to try and paint the picture. Let's start with task crafting. In this form of job crafting, you look at all your responsibilities or tasks and determine which ones you enjoy the most, which ones you enjoy the least, and which ones you spend most of your time on. If you want to make a shift in this area, you would ask the question, can I alter the number, type, or nature of some of my tasks while still meeting the business objectives? And that part is key the researchers of job crafting found that it only works when your crafting or shifting is in line with business objectives. So let me give you an example of task crafting. Remember last episode when I told you about John? John was the individual who shifted his tasks so that he could find more enjoyment at work. He was losing steam He was already beginning to seek out online postings when he came to see me. We identified the tasks that he loved the most, which was strategic projects, and the tasks he loved the least, but which took up most of his time, people management. He was able to then make the business case to his employer about why he should shift more towards strategic projects and give someone else the job of leading the big team. And luckily, he was able to make that business case. By shifting his tasks, he found more enjoyment at work. That takes us to the next way that people can craft their jobs. This one's called relational crafting. In this technique, you alter the number, type, or intensity of the relationships in your role. So if you want to try out this approach, you might ask yourself this question. Are there relationships I might initiate? develop, or limit, so that I can increase my learning or happiness. Let's hear some stories about how altering relationships can lead to deeper engagement and enjoyment at work. Stacy is a surgeon at a hospital in Toronto. She is very successful, but despite that, she's feeling disconnected from her work. She didn't intend to start a new career. She had put so much time and effort into her career as a doctor, but she did want to feel more engaged in the day-to-day. Stacy knew she was spending way too much time in her office while letting the residents she mentored liaise with the patients. She suspected that connecting more with her patients might be the key to help her feel more fulfilled. The challenge was she was worried that it would cost her time, time she needed to write reports and research papers. But despite feeling overwhelmed at not having enough time, she decided to give it a try. Fighting her desire to retreat to her office, Stacy committed to connecting with patients more often she wanted to set an example for her residents, but she also wanted to lift her own spirits. Stacy crafted her job by taking a few moments throughout the day to create a personal relationship with her patients. Sure enough, it had a very positive impact on her, her team, and undoubtedly her patients. Stacy is a great example of someone who crafted their job through crafting their relationships. The third technique is called cognitive crafting, and this is one I'm really excited about. And I believe that even people who love their jobs can benefit on occasion from cognitive crafting. So what is cognitive crafting? Well, in this form of job crafting, you shift how you think about what you do. Shifting your perspective can have a big impact. This is because the stories we tell ourselves about what we do determines how we feel about what we do. I wanna share a classic tale, but I think it's a great one. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win. And the other- During a visit to the NASA Space Center in 1961, President John F. Kennedy noticed a janitor carrying a broom. He interrupted his tour, walked over to the man, and said, Hi, I'm Jack Kennedy. What do you do here? Well, Mr. President, the janitor responded, I'm helping put a man on the moon. To most people, this janitor was just cleaning the building, but he saw himself as part of the larger story unfolding around him. He was helping to make history. So there you have it, folks, the three main ways to turn the job you already have into a better job, perhaps even the job that you want. The first is by shifting your tasks, finding which tasks you can let go of, or which tasks you want to do more of, and then making the business case to be able to do that. The second way is by altering your relationships and either engaging with new people in your company or outside of your company, or shifting the focus away from negative relationships and finding new ones in its place. The third way is through the story you tell yourself about what you do. I really like the concept of job crafting because it gives us more agency over our work and our satisfaction at work. So let's close off this episode with a question What if you have more control over your job satisfaction than you think? What if you could tinker with it to make it 10, 20, or even 50% better? Thanks for listening to the Wayfinding Podcast. Today, we explored where you might have some control in shaping your job. We looked at how you could alter your tasks, relationship, or even your perspective to have tangible shifts in the way you feel about your job and in how much satisfaction you get out of it. I hope you try some of these strategies. And if you need any help, contact me through my website, www.laurenmalickcoaching.com. In the meantime, thanks for tuning in. Talk to you next time.